Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Adrian Moreno, who is an entrepreneur and the co-creator of the Neuro Remapping Method. Adrian, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful, man. How you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Awesome. And we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Oh, what I like to do for fun. Well, I know this doesn't sound like the funnest thing in the world, but what I like to do for fun is build other businesses. <laughs> like literally the, I mean, I have a hard time separating life from business. I believe they're like one in the same, especially when you love what you do. So I just do what I love. Um, and that's like my main thing. And then podcasting like this is really fun for me. And one last thing is I am a like I am a nerd when it comes to writing. I can write all day long. So I spend a lot of my time writing as well. But a little bit about me. I'm not going to go through year by year by year. But in 2014, I went through a high school breakup. And this was one of those. I went, yeah, I went through a heartbreak. And this was a high school heartbreak. So, you know, it's a kind of heartbreak where your whole world comes crumbling, crumbling down. Right. Yeah. And so here I was. You know, thinking my world is crumbling down because my relationship of like three and a half years ended. And because I thought that my world was crumbling down, I felt like it was crumbling down. And so I acted like it was crumbling down. And what I mean by that is I went from somebody who had a six pack, somebody who was very, very focused on becoming a fireman. Like I was pretty deep in, you know, my Explorer program. And so I can graduate with like a really good chance at getting into AFD. I was very, very focused on growing myself in that way. And, you know, like my grades, they weren't poor, but they were like in their seven in the 70s, you know, good enough to get me through high school. And then when this breakup happened, I stopped caring about school. Uh, my grades went from 70s to like the 20s and 30s, like not even exaggerating. I lost my job. I ended up, uh, you know, just kind of turning into this angry kid. And then in four years, I stacked on 100 pounds over a four year time span. So if you do the math, you know, that's a lot of weight to put on in a very condensed amount of time. And throughout that experience, I like to, you know, say what a lot of people experience say you know like I lost myself I feel like I lost sight of the uh, of the potential in what it meant to be human and I just kind of said screw it with everything and I went about four or five years um, you know unemployed my only source of income was uh, you know selling weed and that was it for me until one specific okay so like I'm about to get into like like really how this all, um, like how I got into this spot right now, because I think this will give your listeners a lot of context to like the rest of this conversation. So one day in my like really depressed years, unless you have something like to ask me, feel free to cut me off. But one day, September 19th, 2017, in, in fact, I was sitting on the couch watching The Office and I decided to sit up and roll up a blunt. So I set up and I roll up this, this blunt and I called my friend Gilbert. I said, Hey Gilbert, want to come over and smoke? He was like, 
yeah, sure. That sounds cool. So of course he's not going to turn that down. So he shows up to my house and the doorbell rings. So I'm laying on the couch with no shirt on. All right. I'm not saying this just to be sexy. This is like a part, a very important part of the story. I didn't have a shirt on. I'm laying there. The doorbell rings. So I get up and then I walk over to the front door. And as I walk over to the front door, there's my t-shirt that I was wearing earlier. I took it off and it was hanging on my kitchen chair. Right. So as I walk by the kitchen chair, I stop and I look at my shirt and I go, should I put on my shirt? And I, I made a decision that would change my life forever. I said, ah, whatever. It's just Gilbert. Like, it's not like there's like a beautiful woman out there. Like, I'm okay. I'm fine. So I walk out. Thank God I didn't have my shirt on. Because as soon as I opened the door, Gilbert said five words that changed my entire life. Those five words were, damn, Adrian, you got fat. <laughs> and the moment he said that, I knew I was gaining weight. Like, I already, like, if you gain 100 pounds in a year, you know you're gaining weight, right? Yeah. I knew I was gaining weight. But for some reason, it didn't bother me until this day. I don't know what about the way he said it. I don't know about the timing. All I know was it hurt. It hurt enough to get me super upset, not at him, but at me. And I was so upset at the fact that I even let this happen. I was like, dude, I used to be able to touch my abs four years ago. I was like, I used to like actually have something going for myself. Like I was, I was this confident kid. And now I'm living in the house, like literally all day long. I haven't cut my hair for over a year. Like what has gotten, what happened here? And I got so upset to the point where I looked at Gilbert and I said, I'm about to lose all of this weight. Just watch. Now Gilbert didn't believe me because he was like, oh yeah, whatever here, hit this blunt or whatever. I wouldn't have believed me either at that time because you wouldn't have believed me if you knew me then. Like, yeah. I just didn't follow through on my word. And so I said it. But little did we, me and Gilbert know how serious I was. Because Gilbert got up and left. The moment Gilbert left, I pulled up YouTube. And I already knew some stuff. Because remember, I was in shape prior. So I knew enough stuff to kind of start building out, like, the foundations of a workout plan. And I started YouTubing some extra movements, right? So I go on YouTube University, build out this entire like six week workout program. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to cycle through this thing every six weeks. And then I got on bodybuilding. I went on Google University and I went ahead and I built my own meal plan off of Google. And I took that. I ran to the grocery store, bought everything that I needed, came back home. I woke up the very next day. And since then, I lost 91 pounds. I haven't stopped. Now, the important part of the story here is how I got into entrepreneurship is funny because I never in my life considered myself an entrepreneur. And I, even though I always, I kind of found a way to make my own income. Like I used to sell, my mom would give us like gushers in our lunch. I used to flip gushers for like 75 cents a pack. And so like, I always had it in me, but I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. And then one day I didn't even see myself as capable of like opening a business. And then one day, I'm sitting here training all of my friends because I, I had the house. I lived with my mom at the time. And the house that I lived in was like the neighborhood house. It's where all the friends came over. Like we hung out all, all together. So all my friends are hanging out with me. And I'm like, look, if you're going to be hanging out with me, like you're going to be hitting the gym with me. You're going to be hitting this garage with me because I had weights all in the garage. Because remember, I was in shape before. So I just had all the weights still there. And so I was like, if you're going to be hanging out with me, you know, you're going to be working out with me. They were like, screw it. We love you. We're going to do this. And we got to hang out with you. Right. And so here I am, have this big whiteboard, and I used to draw out all of the workouts. And I'm like, okay, 
There's like four of us at a time. I'm like, all right, so you're going to do this. When the timer goes off, you're going to go here. Then you're going to go here. Then you're going to count to this. And so I was basically drawing up everybody's workout plan. I loved it. And then one day, as I'm explaining the workout, my friend goes, Adrian, why don't you just get paid for this? I was like, huh? oh, my God. People pay people to do what I'm doing right now, right? He was like, yes, and you're pretty good at it. I was like, oh, my God. All right, like, I can do my own thing now. And so I get on, I get on. Google University. And I'm like, how do I become an, how do I become a personal trainer? Fast forward six months later, I make my very first post on Facebook saying, Hey guys, I am ready to become a personal trainer. And then from that point, uh, I ended up jumping into my online business. So I was working just personal training, just in person, but I was making like 1100 bucks a month. I still felt good though, because for the first time in my life, I felt like I mattered. You know, because people were calling me, people were hitting me up, people were sending me thank you notes. I was like, dang, like I matter to people, but I was broke. So I was like, I want more. And I was going on Facebook and then, you know, I kept getting these ads. Hey, personal trainers, do you want to become an online trainer and make a boatload of money? I'm like, I love yes. those targeted ads. Right? Exactly. They targeted the crowd and they got me because yep. I clicked on the ad, booked a phone call, got on with the salesperson, $10,000 mastermind. I had. $2,000 to my name. So yeah. the moment he said 10,000, everything dropped in me. And I was like, okay, hold on. <laughs> I put him on mute. I swear to God, I looked up and I just said, like universe, whatever the heck is up there. I said, what's on the other side of that? Yes. Has to be better than this $2,000 in my pocket. I'll figure it out. And so I got, I unmuted the phone and I was like, look, I got 2000 can give you that right now you can hold my spot give me some time i'll come up with the rest he was like okay great and within a couple of days i asked all of my friends and family for money and i said i'll give you some more back and i ended up raising eight grand i got like really hungry and started calling everybody in my phone book for money because i was like i want to do this thing and then you know i had some friends who supported me and i ended up enrolling into his program and while i was in his program i went through 28 nodes 28 sales calls. All of them were no's. <laughs> and uh, I went from charging $20 a session. And he was like, dude, you got to raise your price to 1500. I was like, 1500. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, just for 12 weeks. I'm like, what? And he, and then he said something that changed my life. He said, life will pay you whatever you ask it for. So when he said that, I said, then fuck that. I'm gonna charge 5,000. So I went immediately from $20 a session to five grand for 12 weeks of coaching. And so then maybe that's probably why a lot of people were saying, no, they're like, what the hell is expensive ass program? Yeah. But the 29th person said yes. And it was a painful. And I was like, oh my God, I just made, I didn't even know how to charge your credit card. I was <laughs> like, uh, hold on, let me figure this thing out. Can you like Venmo me? Like it was <laughs> hilarious. But I say all of this because after that sales call, I went on to make half a million dollars in that business. And as I went on to make half a million dollars in that business, I started experiencing something really funny, right? So this is where neuro remapping comes into play. I'd, I would have a client pay me $5,000 and it changed their whole life. I'd have another client pay me $5,000, but they just throw this big old book of excuses at me instead. They're like, here's my money, but I'm not going to do anything you say. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, as a man of integrity, it didn't feel right to take this amount, this amount of money from people. And then they weren't taking action in the, yes, it was their responsibility, but 
as somebody who really cared about results, I was like, there has to be some kind of way to change this. And so I got, instead of angry, I get curious. And I say, if I can figure out what's happening in their psyche, if I can figure out what's happening in their actual brain, in the millisecond they decide to eat like shit or go to the gym or, you know, um, sit on the couch, go to the gym, eat this, eat that. If I can figure out what happens in that moment, I can find out how to manipulate it so I can help them get what they want. And that was my entire thought process was like, if I learn how to manipulate people's brains, I can help them get what they want, not for the worst, but I can help them get the life they want. And so all of a sudden I become obsessed with changing the brain. And so I didn't know anything about psychology at the time. I just knew of one guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza. So I just look up Dr. Joe Dispenza on YouTube universe. Everything I learned, almost all of it's from YouTube, man. And I went on YouTube and he started talking about these things called neurons. And these neurons come together and create neural pathways. And these neural pathways are the determining factor that influence what you do or don't do. And so I'm sitting here like, I'm like, whoa. The so I want right. And then <laughs> and then I'm sitting here like my neurons are firing. And I'm like, whoa, this is like the most exciting thing I've ever read in my life. In other words, the brain is plastic. I was like, no way. And so I become obsessed with changing neural pathways. I'm like, okay, how do you rewire neural pathways other than this slow ass? Let me make a different decision every day, <laughs> right? I was like, how do you like do something like faster? It has to be a cool way because he was talking about the quantum field and you can make things happen really fast. And I was like, I want to learn how to do that. And so I started just looking all, I start really obsessing about this. I started studying Carl Jung. And then I come across some guy named Milton Erickson who practiced hypnosis. And I started reading these blogs on how this is the most traditional therapy gets a 38% success rate with an average of 22 to 26 sessions. Oh, and regular and, and hypnotherapy gets an average of 93% success rate on an average of three or less. And so I'm sitting here like, why is everybody not doing this thing? And so I dive deep into understanding how to change the brain. And that's what helped. That's what led to me ended up. That's what led to me ending up finding neuro remapping and um, creating that process to do what I do now, which is behavior change. So it's no longer the, you know, the fitness program, like that's where I started. And then it led me to changing human behavior. And so I just created a company for the sole purpose of changing human behavior. And that's my super long answer to your very short question. <laughs> well, I love it, man. I love it. So now we know a bit more about what you do, kind of what you like to do for fun. We're going to dive into the neuro remapping as we go through the podcast. But before we jump into that, tell us a bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? The vision of a world where I know this may sound like crazy, but where like suicide is something that is only a part of history and not something that's currently like an actual event. What I mean by that is what wakes me up is my vision, right? I I have a poster on my wall in front of me that says you're going to die. Uh, I make sure I revisit, I make sure I actually look at death daily and bring the thought of death to my mind because a lot of us think we have a lot of time. I remember when I was like, I'm never gonna be 18. And I woke up one day with tattoos, facial hair, and I just shaved, so you can't really see it. But anyway, woke up one day, all these tattoos, facial hair, and I'm 26. And I'm like, how the hell did that happen? 
you don't have time. But when you think you have time, you act immortal and you do things that don't matter to you. And so one of the things that I bring to my mind on a daily basis is the fact that I'm going to die. And one of the things that matters to me more than anything is ending suicide, specifically for children. And so the, 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 I believe that that world is possible a thousand percent. And that belief, that vision is exciting enough to wake me up at 4 a.m. every day when the only thing I want to do is hit snooze. Like that vision is excited enough to not motivate me because motivation, I believe, comes from an external circumstance. It inspires me. It, 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 it breathes, that vision literally breathes life into my lungs and it gets me up very, very easily. And so, and it makes, it, it, it makes doing the hard things make a lot of sense. It makes doing the hard things a lot easier whenever you have a vision that's way bigger than what's my net worth? How much sales can I make today? Uh, what, what, what can I do today that, you know, like, oh, that, you know, is fun. You know, to me, having something that is much bigger than yourself, and that does not mean that you want to go change the biggest social problems like I want to, but having a vision that's just not focused on you I believe is a great way. But personally, if you're asking me, it's it's literally just that. I don't need like motivational videos or affirmations. It's just the daily one, the daily conscious revisiting of the fact that I'm going to die. And then number two, having a vision that's so damn big that it excites my entire nervous system every morning. And so I'd say that's my answer. There we go. I love the vision. I am uh, love it. I'm a fan of big dreamers. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, I, when I, when I like, I literally see, I, so my goal is to Amazon emotional intelligence. And when I say Amazon emotional intelligence, just the way Jeff Bezos is Amazon to package delivery. I am looking to Amazon emotional intelligence, make it mainstream all over the world to the point where everybody in the universe knows what a thought is, knows what a feeling is and knows how to process them in a healthy way. Yeah. I love it. Well, let's jump into your dreams and goals. So we already got in suicide around the world you want it to be a thing of the past any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about man that's my main thing you know um that's really like yeah i have personal <laughs> goals in terms you know i have personal goals in terms of you know like i want to have a nice you know i want a house big enough to the point where me and my wife need walkie talkies just to keep in contact you know <laughs> i want like like i, I want to live very lavishly you know i want to do things that uh i want to be able to you know, by my mom and my dad, their own homes, you know, they're split up. I, I have those personal things, but like the biggest thing for me is the suicide thing. And the reason being is because I've helped, I've worked with like over 400 people at this point in terms of one-on-one -on -one sessions using Nero remapping to do the work. And in every case, whenever they bring to me these problems of addiction, depression, anxiety, whatever it is, these problems always have a root cause tied to their childhood. And then I started to notice that children, um, one day my business partner sent me a, so, I, so anyway, I started getting this passion to help kids because like they're picking up these problems in childhood, but I didn't have any urgency around it. But then one day my business, cause I believe you can be passionate without being urgent. And then I believe one day my business, my business partner, she sent me a text message, a picture of a eight year old boy his body was blue. He had just lost his life to suicide. And his mom was basically holding him in the hospital before they took him away. He lost his life to suicide due to bullying. And whenever I noticed that, I was like, that little kid could have changed the world if he believed in himself. 
that little boy could have went on and had beautiful children who would have changed the world or would have created an entire movement that we would have never known, right? And now we're never going to know it because that little boy decided that he was you know, somewhere deep down, that he was not worthy of being here. When that hit me, urgency kicked in. Then all of a sudden I built a second company, which is the company I help children with. And like, that's like my North star. That's like my focus every single day. And so it's really difficult to focus on other dreams aside from that. Me, I'm like, if I focus on my North star, I'll hit everything else on the way. Yeah. I feel that. There we go, man. Well, what are the top one to two skills that you need to develop right now to really get you to the next step with these dreams and goals? Good, good. Like self-reflection question. So number one, I would say would be um, communicating elite, like elite communication. And what I mean by that is being able to communicate in a way that moves people to take action. Um, in other words, like you already heard me tell a lot of stories. I, I Every single day, I spend an hour a day developing my storytelling skills. I literally stand in my room, just stand in my office just like this, and I tell a story. Uh, because creating stories is... Number one way to create mental movies in people's minds. And when somebody has a mental movie in their mind, you can say direct, you can direct that movie. You can say, I want you to take this action and you're able to get them to move very quickly. And so storytelling and being able to communicate in a way that actually hits people with the right pauses, the right cadence, the right tone. I believe that is one, because if I'm able to stand on the stage and influence a million people, then I can get where I want. And the second skill that I would say is honestly, it's what I'm helping children build. And that is the skill of resilience. Yes, I believe I have it, but I also see where I lack it in a lot of areas as well. And I do believe resilience is a skill from like studying the way that the mind works. It is a, it is a B, it is a skill. It's a muscle that you flex over and over again and true resilience, not mental toughness, resilience, the ability to bend and come back to your whole self. And so those I would say are my two. I love it and elite communication tell us a bit more about storytelling and so like when i think of telling a story for an hour straight maybe there's an audience maybe there isn't i'm just like what am i doing for that hour so kind of walk us through that hour kind of walk us through the skill of storytelling how does one get better at it exactly so one gets better at it by doing um i have a big belief that you know when people say like what are the best books to learn this what are the best books to learn this I'm like, well, really don't read any of the books. Just do it. And then when you get stuck, find a book that solves that specific problem, right? And so with storytelling, if you want to get better, the number one step is to just begin telling stories. The way that you begin telling stories is looking for stories. They're everywhere. You can find endless stories in your life. That's number one. But you can also find endless stories wherever the freak you look. They are literally everywhere. So finding different things that are finding different things that are stories, right? And then being able to just like for me every so every single day. So I speak, right? I get a lot of my business through speaking on stages. And that's the reason why I do why I do an hour every day because I want to talk for an hour every single day. And I don't know if you can tell by the, by the way, I have two speech impediments. I can't say my R's or I can't say my S is fully correct. They, my S has a lisp and my R's, they're pretty good, but sometimes they sound like a W, right? And so it used to be horrible, like very hard to understand what I was saying. But what I would do 
everybody can see if we're watching the thing. If not, just picture me putting a pin in my mouth and I'd have a whole talk in front of me that I'd wrote up and I would read the entire talk. And what this made me do is it made me pronunciate all of my words extremely well. I had to like really flex. When you have a pin in your mouth trying to talk, you got to move your jaw. A lot of people don't pronounce their words right. And so I was, the two reasons I did it was, number one, I want to get better at talking, like sounding better. And number two, I knew that if I can tell a story that I can make somebody la like, like basically stick from an entire, like, think about it. You, I went and watched a movie with Tom Hanks, the most boring movie I've seen in my freaking life. But at the beginning of the movie, he finds this little girl just in the woods and he has to take her to the family. And so the whole movie, I'm sitting here like, is he going to take her? Like, is she going to make it? I'm like, this movie sucks, but I cannot get off this seat because I need to know if she's <laughs> going to make it. Because stories, what they do is they open loops in your mind. If I start saying, if I start saying, you know, like, I was eight years old one day, and then I heard this stump on the wall. And I got up, and as I looked up, I noticed something. What I noticed. You, you're like, what did you notice? Like, what the heck came up, right? And so it opens loops. And because I want to be able to open people's minds, open their loops, I can drag them through a whole hour and I can close the loop by closing the end of the story or whatever it is. And so when it comes to like building the skill of storytelling, like I wish I had very specific techniques because one of the things is, is I'm not great at teaching people how to build a story or how to tell a story. But what I'm super good at is modeling great storytellers. So all of the talks I've ever written, I watched Obama talk. I've watched Steve Jobs talk. I've watched some of the best speakers in the world talk. I transcribe their talks and then I model their talk and I plug in my words. I plug in my stories. Now I'm modeling some of the best storytellers to ever. I don't care what your opinion is about Obama. I have never come across a storyteller better than the Obama. Anybody can get captivated by that man's speeches, right? And there's even a good book called Obama's Secrets. It's like phenomenal in the way this guy talks. But anyways, all I did was find the best talks transcribe them and then once i transcribe them throw in all of my own words and then repeat those repeat those talks every single day to the point where i don't need it anymore i can just talk i can just keep that in my mind and that's how i got really really like when people like my very first talk that i ever did i spoke in a room of 40 people 20 people raised their hand to work with me after that's a 50 percent conversion rate that is very hard to do i did that and people were like dude like and then I went to a, a group with 100 people, ended up making like $80,000 from a 20-minute talk. And I had all these people saying like, dude, like, where'd you get your training at? Which I'm like, I didn't get my training anywhere. I'm like, I just watched the best of the best do it. And I mocked them. And boom, I'm really good at doing it. And so if you want to get great at storytelling, find some of the best storytellers you've ever found personally. Transcribe their stuff. Use otter.io. That's what I use to transcribe everything. And then I just went ahead and I mocked. I didn't like mock it, but I went ahead and I just like copied the template, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. The, you know, in the success literature, it talks a lot about um, success leaves clues. 
and to stand on the shoulders of giants. And so that's a really. If I'm modeling a talk from Obama, like, you know, my talk's going to hit, <laughs> you know? So like, I'm not like the content is completely different, but yep. the framework is the exact same. Yeah. That's how I got really, that's how I like really built that skill. And that's how I still build this skill today. Every night I used to like stay up all night watching like funny prank videos. Cause I love prank videos. Um, instead of doing that, I just watch Ted talks. And so I watch Ted talks every single night. I like literally I'm constant in Ted. If you want to find great storytellers, Ted talks, they are phenomenal. Like you cannot be on a Ted stage if you're not a great storyteller. Right. And so I would say that too. Gotcha. Yeah. Storytelling. So key. And when you get into like the hero's story and all of that, Dude, and the hero's journeys, everything, yeah. people love hero's journeys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what are the highest impact daily actions? I feel like you've already touched on some of them, but that will tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals. Are you asking me what's going to help me get forward? Or are you asking for the audience? Yeah, no, I'm asking for you. So you want to, oh, I, I loved, I love, I love the way that you do this, by the way, because you're not at you. By the way, I just want to like acknowledge your interview because you're not saying, what if my audience is here? What should they do? You're picking for me, which is the best way to learn. Um, like, like literally the best way to learn is by like me. I learn way more by reading biographies than I do tactical books, right? Like biographies, autobiography, I learned so much. But anyways, I love your interview style. So what I personally do, um, so I believe in having your energy cleared because everything is energy. If you're trying to create something in the physical world, you got to create it in the energy world. And so the way that I do that is a, a couple of uh, things. But the, okay, so first and foremost, meditation is a big thing for me every day. Not because I like to meditate and focus on something specific or I meditate for a purpose. I have so much going, so much stimuli going on every day that I need 20 to 30 minutes, no matter what, sitting down without any agenda. Like I just sit down, no agenda. I, I don't try to stop my thoughts. I don't try to stop my emotions. I actually just sit back and I'm like, hey, I'm going to be the sky and I'm just going to observe every little cloud, every little star, every little raindrop, every little sun, every whatever. I'm just going to sit back and observe it. That's a daily thing that I do. No specific techniques. I literally sit down and watch. That's what I do. Second thing that I do is breathing fully from my stomach every day. I know this sounds like a very minimal thing, but trust me when I say Breathing from your stomach will change your life in more ways than you can possibly imagine. When I say breathing from your stomach, most people pay attention to your breath right now, right? If you're listening to this episode, pay attention to your breath. I bet, and I'm not saying like I'm for sure, but I bet there's a chance that you're breathing through your chest right now, not through your stomach. Pay attention to a little baby. You hold a little baby, their bellies are moving. Their bellies are moving. Why? because they're not holding on to all of this emotion. When you're holding on to a bunch of emotion, your nervous system gets into a state of stress and you can't even breathe deep. You just breathe shallow. Some people literally live decades breathing from their chest, never breathing from their stomach. When you breathe from your stomach, you start clearing energy throughout your system. Take a really deep breath through your stomach, really try to make your stomach look pregnant, right? And then go up your chest, pop your chest out as you breathe out. That, that kind of breathing, the more and more you do it, the more energy you're clearing up. So I breathe, I make sure I'm constantly breathing from my breath. Do I forget sometimes? Yeah, sometimes I get really stressed and I find out I'm not even breathing. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like I fall into those times. But consciously breathing from my stomach and doing holotropic breath work every day has been the most 
performance enhancing thing I've ever done in my life because it cognitively clears you up. You're you're you're, like, you're sharp mentally, emotionally. You're freaking like light, and you're on your feet. And when you're light and emotionally open, you make fire ass decisions because you can see clearly and then things end up working out a lot better. So if I want to grow my business, I work on growing my emotional capacity to even have a successful business. And the way that I do that is through breath work more than anything. It's breath work, breath work, breath work. So hotitropic style is the breathing that I use specifically because it's really designed to move energy in and out of your nervous system. And so that's really the main thing that I do. And then every single night, uh, I reflect on what went wrong, what went right, where I could have improved throughout the day. And then I have a list of values. And then I have a check. I have like a spreadsheet. Did I honor this value? Check. Did I honor this value? Check. Did I honor? Oh, I actually didn't live in integrity today because I did something that I wouldn't have done if other people were watching. Okay, I'm not going to put check. And so I'm very honest. And then, of course, I'll plan for the next day. I draw a line. Then I have up here and down here. So imagine a horizontal line on top of the paper. It says high impact, high urgency. What are the things that if I do them will make a big impact? Like, in other words, um, you know, making one phone call right? Um, you know, launching one ad, creating new copy that would like really move my business, pitching a new show, pitching a new talk or low impact, low urgency. And then I use that to plan out my next day. And there you go. And I take three naps a day. So I do take three naps a day because uh, taking naps is another reason why I'm able to be very clear mentally. Uh, and I only nap for 21 minutes. The moment you nap for longer than 21 minutes, you start hitting sleep inertia. That's why you wake up from a nap and you're still really tired. When I wake up from a nap, I'm lit, right? I'm ready to go because I only nap for 21 minutes. And so do you set that 21 minutes from the second you lay your head down or from the second you- Oh, I've timed it. I'm, I love numbers. I love timing everything. I take typically about five to six minutes to fall asleep. So I'll set the timer for 27 minutes. I lay down 27 minute timer, lay down by minute six, I'm out. <laughs> and so, yeah. Gotcha. 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 What character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream life come true? Man, dude. Yeah, you want to know where I got him? Um, Alex Formosi. Do you, are you familiar? Oh, dude, I freaking love Alex Formosi. That's how I built my last offer was off his $100 million book. Oh, yeah. They're from, uh, oh, I love these. I, I freaking love that. Okay, so now I just, okay. So, so he, he was talking about the fact that every entrepreneur has three things that hold them back. It's either a skill thing, it's a character thing, or it's a beliefs thing. And so now I ask about the skills an entrepreneur needs to develop, the character, and the beliefs. So... Good old Alex. Mm, I like that. Okay, so we're going to go trade. I would say, I don't know if this counts as a trade. I got two answers. Number one, it's playful. And like someone who doesn't take things so serious, because I do believe the more serious you take life, the harder life is. And I have a really, really big vision. So if I bring childlike play along with me, It'll happen a lot faster and it'll feel a lot better. And then number two would be courage. Uh, I do have courage, but I believe it's not at the point where I want it to be just yet. So I'd say those two things. Love it. And if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take that next step towards these dreams and goals of 
ending suicide across the world, who would that person be and how would they help you out? God damn, dude. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Number one. Actually, this is funny, but I would genuinely say Alex Hermosi. And the <laughs> reason why is because this Zamiel product I'm building. So I'm basically building a product for kids where they, it's like a game, but as they're playing the game, they're becoming emotionally intelligent at the same time. And so I would love his insight on how to actually make that irresistible enough for number one, for every parent to say yes. And I'm also really struggling with the pricing model right now, like how we would actually do that. And I feel like he could help me by number one, actually helping me get really, really good on this offer. And uh, number two, um, help me actually price this offer in a way that is available to as many people as possible because I want it to be like the Amazon. So available to as many people as possible, but in a way that also makes me very rich because I like I don't shy away from the fact that I want to be filthy freaking rich and I want to do it through changing the world. And so I would say that um, that will be my main person. And then other than could question. Could they be dead? Sure. Thomas Edison, all freaking day. Uh, just to spend some time with him and pick up somehow, some way that innovative mindset of like constantly teetering and tottering with everything. Um, and so like I feel like what I would get from him, how he would help me, just being in that space with him, like with freaking Thomas Edison, the most amazing inventor of all time. I would say that. And then one more person, actually. I want to throw one more. I know you said one or two, but Vishen Lukiani. Vishen Lukiani is the founder of Mind Valley. Our, so our product, Zamio, the first product is like a Mind Valley for kids. And I'm really struggling trying to find out how to pay all the facilitators, you know, because we're going to have a breathwork facilitator. We're going to have a Dr. Joe Dispenza facilitator. We're going to have all these different kinds of facilitators for the kids that are going to be all on an online platform. But I don't know how to pay them again in a way where they can get paid and it's like a win-win. And then again, I get filthy rich. So also like figuring that out because I'm he has a very wealthy company and he's doing very well. He's worth like 40 million. And I'm like, how the heck did he do it? Because it's like a phenomenal business model. And I have no idea how we do it, how he like actually does it. So how many, oh, how many facilitators will you have? I don't know, man. I don't know. Is like, it gonna I, be like I, one I, facilitator in each of those categories for a set number of kids? So like for every 10 kids, you have one facilitator. So have you, are you are you familiar with Mind Valley? I know the company, but I have no idea how so basically, basically imagine or the company masterclass, right? You pay a monthly subscription and you get access to this personal playhouse, this personal growth playhouse of all of these subjects in personal development. And you pay instead of paying for the course individually, you pay a subscription to this company that holds all the courses. And so we're looking to build a personal growth playhouse for children as part of our first product. So I don't even know what the exact number is, um, but I do know I want a lot of different options, like not just how to regulate your emotions and your nervous system, but also how to communicate in a way that actually gets you what you want, how to, um, you know, build a business, how to like things like that, but all targeted at kids. Gotcha. Adrian, I'm a, I'm a hit you with something that I think might help you. It might not. 
So when I was reading Alex Formosi's book, $100 million offers, he talked a lot about picking a market that had the money you needed, right? Mm -hmm. And kids don't necessarily have that money. And I feel like that's where the struggles kind of coming into play. But I feel like if you work with like school districts, like, have you ever, cause here's, yeah. Here's, so, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no. Cause I was going to say, okay. So all of our marketing is at the parents, right? It's the parents with the money. That's all the marketing at the parents. We try to go the school route. I may come back to it, but the reason why this was so difficult, man, because number one, when you work with children online, there's already a lot of laws that are like, you know, I had, there's a lot going, there's a lot we had to go through to even get, you know, the green light to launch the company. And number two, schools have a certain budget. Many times they won't put that budget on specialty programs like this. Yeah. And if it, and if you wanted to get that budget, if, if they were going to do it, they had to get it passed through the board. And that can take like half a freaking year with the way the ed current education system is. And we tried with three schools and realized, oh my God, each one of these comes with like a hundred different roadblocks just to freaking get in one classroom. So you know what? Let's just go directly for the parents because they're the ones who actually see the problems way more and they'll get it. So I we may go the school route. We may. Um, but a lot of the parents, they also notice that, man, the schools are like, I send my kid to school and they come back sad as hell. Like the parents are really feeling the pain, not the school. And so it's easier to target to the parents, but I have been working. And another thing that we are working on right now is actually pitching a bunch of homeschools to make this a part of their curriculum. Um, you know, because they talk about social, they do all the, the, the regular school stuff, but in like a homeschool way, a lot of them don't cover the emotional regulation aspect. So we have been pitching. I haven't had much success, to be honest, with like people even responding to me. But um, uh, we're looking to get through the homeschool communities because they typically are open to more holistic education than, you know, the public school. I got you. All right. Adrian, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. All right, man. I'm, I'm here, man. I'm here. I, I love the school idea. And I love the going straight to parents because schools do have a lot of barriers for yeah. sure. Um, but I think your product is timing the market really well in the sense that you are a successful entrepreneur and you're trying to give back to kids in a way that they could also have the, the soft skills that they would need to go forward and be successful in the world. And there's a huge gripe about the school system from elementary all the way through college about it being useless basically <laughs> and so, i really think that maybe if you go like an influencer marketing route where you go to like a grant cardone because grant cardone was posting videos this week about how he took his kids out of school because the school system's doing nothing for them are you serious that's yes. such a that is such a timely email pitch holy shit yeah and so if you go to grant cardone and you're like hey guy with 10 million followers or however many followers he has like there's this product where I'm trying to help middle-class families get their kids the education they need, and they don't have the funds to do it like you do. So let's take this product to them. And for $50 a month, we can help them in a big way. And he is all about helping the people. Um, that's what mm. his whole thing is. So if you can it's bring- a really, It's a really good idea. You know, I've looked into influencer marketing. We just didn't really like go full throttle on it because our main marketing right now is affiliate. Yeah. And then uh, podcast guesting is like actually does really well for us. And then we run a crap load of ads to uh, our popular blogs and then 
people like opt into my email through the blogs and that's how we're doing it. But that's a, um, yeah, I was like, let's focus on one strategy, but the influencer thing that is, and I haven't, I've been focusing on parenting influencers and you just opened my mind to like influencers outside of parenting. It's like, no, there's influencers who a lot of parents listen to that have nothing to do with parenting, like freaking Grant Cardone. I love Grant Cardone. And I'm sure there's a lot of people with kids who listen to him. So thank you. Cause like that was like actually valuable for me. Cause I'm like, damn, why am I thinking about just the parenting ones? Um, good point, man. Good point. Thank you. Glad I could help. I just, I love your idea. I love your heart for kids. I love your big dream and I want to help as much as I can. Well, you actually genuinely just helped me out right there. So <laughs> I'm sitting here like, okay, who else am I going to start making a list for? So appreciate that, man. Yeah, no, for sure. And th there's like, um, th the other thing that made me think of it, there are some entrepreneurs in the Austin area that one of my friends who goes to church with me worked for them for a little bit. They took their kids out of school and started their own little homeschool. So I like your homeschool angle too. Like, I think there's a lot of value there because there are people homeschooling their kids because they're like the school system sucks. Exactly. Like they're already bought in to the fact that holistic education is better than sending your kid to a government. At the end of the day, schools are government facilities. Yeah. Right. And so um, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's my thinking too. But uh, yeah, so it's just, I, 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 we haven't pitched enough homeschools to be able to see if it works or not. Um, I just pitched a handful of them so far. I got into one of them and you know, the, founders like i have to take my kids to the product and then we'll see if i can like put this with the rest of them you know so yeah for sure for sure well awesome man we're gonna have to blow through these next couple questions you ready all right let's do it man let's do it all right what's your favorite book movie or podcast pick one we're gonna talk podcast i would say my first million with sam parr and sean I forgot his name, but phenomenal podcast, phenomenal yeah. podcast for any entrepreneur. My first million. For sure. And what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Breath work, feeling all of my feelings and calling friends that I love at least twice a week, twice a week for an hour each. There we go. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to either meet Alex Formosi or Vishen Piani? dude damn <laughs> i love these because i'm like i have not asked myself these questions and like you're making me think man um okay my business partner was also like my, my romantic partner now i'm thinking about it her fitness coach hosts these like super big like big events and Alex Ramosi is speaking at his next one in like four months, four or five months. I can start a conversation with my girl's fitness coach to see if there's like, I don't even know, but if there's something I can do in that area. So number one, that would be the conversation. Um, and then to continue doing in terms of meeting vision, honestly, man, I don't know why I've been complicating it, but hunting down his email, like hunting down the email and freaking code pitching them like i got on a a really really big i got on a call with a company named bark with the ceo by hunting down his email and that's a billion dollar company and i was able to get on a freaking zoom call with him because he was yep. so impressed with my email and so i need to do that with vision so i can freaking ask him this question <laughs> and so yeah that'll be that, that'll be it yeah is bark a coaching leads website 
No, 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 no. Bark is um, it's for parents to be able to control what their kids are doing online. And we wanted to ask them how they built their security technology so we can protect our children. Mm. Love it. There we go. All right. Now we got our final series of questions. And that's okay. why I wanted to blow through those previous questions because got you. there's some meat and potatoes in these. All right. Uh, these can get a little personal. So if you want to opt out of answering them, just be like, I want to pass. And that's totally fine. All good. Awesome. What is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life, if any? I'm going to be very honest. It's a very vulnerable moment here, all right? Hit us with it. I'm a better rider when I'm stoned, when I'm high. I'm a better rider. And I know that's a belief, and it's a limiting one, because I stop myself from riding when I'm sober, knowing I'm a damn good rider. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the belief that you're a better rider than you're stoned stops you from riding when you're sober. Exactly. I'm like, oh, I'm better when I'm high. So when I'm sober, I'm like, I'd rather do something else. And then when I'm high, I'd write. You know, when the reality is, is I'm a great writer, period. I just need to like step into that more. So, and where does that come from? Where does that belief come from? Yeah. Okay. If I, if I like process this, I, I used to rap in high school. Funny, funny story. I was a rapper and I made a lot of music, but I was a ghostwriter for. I had a, we're like a rap group of seven people. I wrote everybody's song. And I used to get stoned as hell to write all the songs. Cause I was like, this is the only way I can write a good song is by being stoned. And then I became a writer after that, like a real writer, like blogging and like really putting out content that was written. And I carried that over, you know, like, oh, let me get stoned. Just like I wrote those songs, I can kill this too. Um, but if I look back even deeper, it's like, why did I feel like I needed weed to be a great writer because at some deep level somewhere I believed I wasn't good enough on my own and so I'd say it probably comes from that and where that comes from I have no freaking idea <laughs> gotcha gotcha well awesome we got one last question on the limiting beliefs then we'll move on to some happier stuff oh, sounds good uh, what actions and this can be daily weekly monthly maybe happens once or twice a year but what actions reinforce this belief in your life? And so this could be, this is a, you have the belief, you have a thought, then you feel based on that thought, and then you take action based on those feelings that feelings. were rooted in the Yeah. Belief. I mean, to be honest, man, we're going to be very honest here. Getting high to write every day. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that behavior, that action literally reinforces it over and over. Because I do write every day. Um, and at the end of the day, I like to get stoned to do it. And so uh, I would say that. There we go. There we go. Have you ever written when you weren't high? Just curious. Yes, I have. And was it the same quality or was it actually worse? Phenomenal. Still phenomenal. <laughs> I just, I don't know what it was, man. I, I just, I, and like, it's funny because I look at my unwritten, my, un, when I'm high, my sober stuff, and it's still great. Like, I'm like, yeah, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. My my girl tells me all the time, like, baby, like, like this sober piece, like, I can't tell the difference. She goes, you're great either way. Um, but I, no. yeah, so I, I'd say that. Gotcha. Gotcha. There we go. Well, if you were to change Good question. limiting belief into an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart, what would that phrase be? I'm creative by nature. There we go creative by nature and when the limiting beliefs start to take over 
what thoughts or actions do you resort to in order to kind of take back control and gear yourself towards abundance? Mm. Or would you like to, if you, you know, I was about to say, I was about to say, cause we're talking about this very specific area. Yeah. I don't think I've gotten there hundred percent. Like this is me being very vulnerable as, as a guy who helps people get through the deepest behavior stuff. Um, Funny, we like to do the kind of work we need, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, what I would like to do, like in the future, what I see myself doing in a way that actually helps is um, revisiting my sober work, looking at it and reminding myself, like literally, that I am the great, I am the greatest writer in my way. And um, so, yeah, I would say focusing on that and then taking that feeling and transferring it over into my new whatever written piece I'm trying to create at that moment. Yeah, I love it. There we go. We got one last question for you. And I want to frame this next question. So Alex Hormozzi said that the difference between manipulation and help is intent. And I think his point here is that in both scenarios, you're influencing people. But manipulation is about getting some somebody to do something you want them to do, while help is about seeking to understand what somebody else wants and helping them get there. I so that's, this. <laughs> this question is about help, not manipulation. So there's a common saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. I actually found out from Dr. Alan Laika, who was a guest on the show, that you can make a horse drink. You just have to salt its oats. Now, I want you to think of a person with a really fixed mindset, not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change, and they really dislike their life. How can we, you and I, create an environment to salt their oats and help them change their life. Dude, these are freaking phenomenal questions. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to be honest with you. I do like four or five podcast interviews a week. It's probably one of my funnest ones I've ever done. Like, super <laughs> gen that. Very genuine, man. Okay. How would you and I create an environment where they drink the water? In other words, where they yes. begin to change. I'd say first and foremost is making them feel safe. And what that means is because when you feel safe, you actually go for things, right? Yep. And so that comes down to me and you actually being emotionally regu emotionally regulated because if we're both anxious, it's very hard to make somebody else feel, feel calm. So step one is making sure that we're emotionally regulated. Um, so that transfers a feeling of safety over to them, which is going to influence them to be like open for actually salting the oats or whatever you said um and how we would take it from there uh would be through questions really it's questions man questions create an environment of change and um uh not questions like you know what 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 do you want to do with your life but questions like so what do you feel like is true for you you know they're gonna say well i feel like you know life is worthless or there's really no point in changing there's really no point in trying and then questioning that in a challenging way in terms of like okay well like can you like actually show me physical evidence that what you just said is absolutely absolutely true not subjectively true but objectively true absolutely true because when you actually question people in that way they can't answer it because they're like uh well shit i don't know and in the moment they start realizing, like, I don't know if that's true. Boom. 
now that moment's there to be like, well, are you open to a different perspective? And then just asking them challenging questions from that state, you know, but I would say really challenging them through questions and then uh, being, being an example of what is possible. Cause I think most people like me, I, I would have never became an entrepreneur if my friend didn't show me it was possible by asking me that question. And so actually showing them what's possible for them um, in a way that like opens their, I can up instead of I can't all the time. There we go. I love it. Adrian, that was a great answer, man. Right. Happy it was. Cause I, I actually, I was like kind of throwing it off the cuff. Cause I, <laughs> I was like, yo, this is a damn good question. I didn't even know. I didn't even know what you asked it first, but then like I actually sat with it. I was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, awesome. Adrian, that's all we got for you, man. Is there anything right. else you want to chat about before we sign off? No, man, I'm all good. I just want to say like, whatever you're doing, keep doing it, man. Cause this has been a pretty, <laughs> been a pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting interview. I've done a, literally countless and I've never had this kind of interview. So I, I really appreciate you. Hey, absolutely, man. Happy to do it. And thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Awesome, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. If you guys loved what Adrian had to say, all the links to contact him will be down in the show notes. Make sure to hit him up. If you know any parents that have some kids that would love to meet Adrian or use his product, make sure to make that connection as well. And if you happen to know Alex Hormozzi or Vision, connect both of us. <laughs> yes, <laughs> both of us. I love it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> please, awesome. please. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.